Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. This is a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the leader of their life. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women that feature guest interviews as well as solo episodes with Maya. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the My Opinion Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now in her opinion, here's your host, Maya Roffler. Hi guys, welcome back to My Opinion. Today I have another wonderful guest on the show. I have Leah Dean with me. Leah, welcome to My Opinion. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you. We are delighted to have you. And Leah is actually the author of Assemble the Tribe. So Leah, tell us a little bit about your book, Assemble the Tribe. So Assemble the Tribe was released in December of 2020. And it was, it was interesting because it was all about tribe building and relationships. And I released it right in the middle of the pandemic, which of course was a challenging time. But it's really all about how to unleash your unique value redefine your female tribe and reimagine how you show up in the world. I specifically wrote it for women because I think that there are some interesting challenges that we have to navigate in the formation of relationships. And so I wanted something that would speak to that. And I think the, there are some principles in the book that are really universal, but they have really good application for how we should navigate our lives and our leadership. So I'm really excited. The book has, I think, been received well, and I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to share it with the world. Well, what a wonderful accomplishment to put that out in December 2020 after everything we went through. What a wild year. And then you come out with this wonderful book. So tell us just a little bit more about that. Like, what does it mean to assemble the tribe? I mean, you touched on it just a little bit, but assemble your tribe. And I agree with you. I want to throw this in there real quick. I agree with you. I think it's different with women and navigating relationships. And I've talked about it on the podcast, on my solo episodes, when I was working in you know corporate America, when it was very male dominant, and then it went to being very female dominant. So the dynamics are very different. Tell us, just go a little bit deeper into that in your book. So I think you have to go, I think it starts with the, the definition of tribe, right? So what is a tribe? So when I speak with women, And I ask that question, what is a tribe? Most women will say they are the people that are closest to me. They're the individuals that I feel safe with. But I I found in my work and my research that that is a very complicated word, which really doesn't do justice to the dynamics of relationships, right? When you think about women and where we are in the world's history, if we're struggling with low quality relationships, which are relationships where there's high stress, no time, indifference, it increases our propensity for all kinds of diseases like high blood pressure, our mortality increases. And if we're isolated, you know, many women in the corporate environment, they struggle with loneliness. I call it loneliness. You increase your mortality by on average 29%. You're more likely to have lower physical activity, obesity, alcohol, smoking. So there's a real need for us to engage in healthy relationships that support us in our lives and in our leadership. And so the book, I really wrote it to help women think about the fact that we probably need to come together now more than we ever have in the world's history. So that's why I was saying, you know, it's interesting that I released it right in the middle of the pandemic. 
it's a call to action to use our relationships to help us navigate and survive. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. And again, I said it was an interesting time, but what a great time. I love that how you explain that because it is a call to action. I didn't even think about it like that. And I I love all the facts you just threw at us as well. And you call it an onlyness instead of a loneliness. Is that what you said, Leah? I did. I did because we, we do struggle with loneliness as part of the human race. But I, I think a lot of women, particularly from in a leadership context, we struggle with loneliness. You know, one in five women, they're the only woman in the room. Women who are the only are one and a half times more likely to think about leaving their role. And one of the things that can be the X factor in terms of being able to walk into that room and navigate your leadership with confidence is having the right type of support tribe. And so that's what Assemble the Tribe is really all about. It's about rethinking the way that you navigate your relationships. And I actually rewrote the definition of tribe because that's one complicated word. Like if you look at the history and how it's used, it's a complicated word. And some social scientists even say, just just throw it out completely. But I redefine tribe as individually complex people because we're all complicated, right? With shared beliefs, values, and interests who choose to come together in various ways to create relationship. And there's three C's in that definition that we need to pay attention to. We're all complicated. That means there's a certain amount of grace that we have to give each other in order to have these healthy relationships. We have to choose to come together, which means that there's an intentional mindset shift that we have to make to have these healthy relationships. And then we have to create and create the word itself implies that we're going to have to put in the work. And anything worth having takes work and our relationships are no exception. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's amazing. And I love like when there's like acronyms and all of that too, because you remember it. So that works really beautiful. Okay. So I could probably talk about your book for hours and hours because this is <laughs> How can amazing. I? Yes. I'm, well, it's your passion and it's your baby. So this is awesome. But before we get back into more of this, and I want to talk more about assembling your tribe and tribe and your new definition for it, because this sounds much more accurate than what we've read as what a tribe is. And I want to talk about, you know, how we can build our tribe or find our tribe. But before that, I want to talk about you, Leah, like, how did you become the author of assemble your tribe? Like, how did Leah go on this journey? Tell us a little bit about yourself and and your journey to being an author and a leader and so many other things. So it's a bit of an interesting story. So I'm from the island of Bermuda. So it's a very small island, maybe about 21 square miles in the middle of the Atlantic. And I grew up not just in Bermuda, but my parents being rather adventurous, they moved us to a smaller island for 10 years. So I call it my 23 acre island. So Bermuda is 21 square miles. And then I moved to this tiny little 23 acre island. And at the time, it was a very, very active campground. And so my parents, you know, they just had this spirit of openness. Like I remember, you know, living on this on this island campground and my parents would just invite people into our home. And so from a very young age, I think I had a beautiful example of what it means to really be open to people that may not look, look or sound or act like you. And so I think that was the beginning. But anyway, long story short, we left the island. I moved back to the mainland. 
finished high school in Bermuda, attended university in New York and moved back to Bermuda. And by, you know, I'll call it a lucky chance or, or it was fortuitous. I ended up in the field of HR and I absolutely loved it because it was an interesting combination of both the analytical side of me and the people side of me. You know, when we talk about tribe building, working in HR in many ways is tribe building, right? I'm helping to create environments in which our employees can thrive. So for me, it was perfect. And so over the years, I moved into progressively more senior organizations. I ended up moving to another organization and became the chief human resources officer. I sat on some boards. And then back in maybe 2019, my kids were about just heading into um, teenage years. And I said, you know what? After 20 years, I could take a break. And so I took a break to just relax, travel, went to Italy. There's a great story about my Italy trip in the book. I did a lot of writing while I was there. When the year was over, I said, okay, am I going back into the corporate space? Because I do love what I do. Or is this an opportunity for me to do some of the things that I love, but potentially impact more women outside of any one company? And so that's when I started my company, which is Conduit International. And so we offer personal and professional development training for women. And I also have my signature uh, leadership program. No surprise, it's called the Tribe Advantage. So that's what I've been up to. And that's what led me to today. Right. This is why you're an amazing fit for our leadership podcast for women. Exactly. What a story. And what's interesting too, Leah, is that nearly every woman that I have on an interview has a story from her very early years, her childhood, that weaves into where she is today and Mm -hmm. what has brought her to, you know, write her book or build her business or all of those things, right? Or bring her to her passions. And so I find it really inspiring myself. And I hope, I believe my audience does as well. I hope you guys find that inspiring too. And, you know, I think when we're trying to, you know, look back and reflect or even try to figure out, you know, maybe sometimes when we're trying to discover where are we going, what's our passion or what we're connected to, look at those times because listen to your story. I mean, this was ingrained into you as a young child, you know, accepting and building this tribe of all these different types of people. And that's a really beautiful story. And I loved hearing that. And then the evolution of it. And I'm really jealous that you were in Italy in 2019 because then everything changed, right? So it's like a totally different world. So what a perfect time for you to go there, write, travel, enjoy your life. And then you were able to put out this book and now you have your business and everything else. So I relate a lot to you because I left corporate America as well, right around the pandemic. And so we have a lot more in common than I think I even realized, which is really cool. But I do want to ask you a little bit about you know, your focus on women, because you said your background was in HR. So what drew you to, you know, as I'm hearing your history and the HR background makes so much sense, you know, with the building of the tribe and wanting to bring people together, that's exactly what you're doing in HR. But what drew you to want to help women specifically? Because people ask me that too, all the time. They're like, you come from a corporate, you know, background, you led a lot of men, then there was women, then it was a mix, you know, you did a lot of tech at one point, like why were you drawn to women? So I'd love to hear from you, Leah, what, what was the draw to help women and building their tribe and everything? I mean, you're doing a whole lot more than that. So I'd love to hear that. 
If I if I'm brutally honest, and I think I even share a little bit of this in the book, I'm actually really surprised that this has become a passion for me because growing up, I was one of those women who always hung out with the guys. And so <laughs> as are many of the women that I talk to in my work, but what I've learned when it comes to navigating life and leadership, there's something really special that happens when women come together. If you actually look at the research, where when men get together, they tend to have more competitive type conversations. Women are actually more open to having more relational type conversations and actually can use those conversations as a means of reducing stress. But I think to answer your question, I'm going to tell you a quick story. So the whole book and the idea for the book came to me based on a tribe that I've been a part of for 20 years. So I've lived what I've written in the book. I have a group of women we be months a month and we've traveled life for 20 years. And at around year 10, I started to feel this incredible sense of loneliness. And it was interesting for me to try to figure out how to navigate what I was feeling because this, for the first time, I had a group of nine women who at the drop of a button, actually, no, to be more specific, if I type one word into a chat, they will assemble wherever they are in the world, within a matter of hours, as fast as they can get there, it's only one word. And so to have that kind of relationship and to now start to feel a sense of loneliness, I really wasn't clear on what it was that I was experiencing. And then as I kind of pulled apart everything that I was experienced, that I experienced while I was writing the book, I realized that what was happening was I had just stepped into my first executive leadership role. And I was feeling a sense of, I'll, I'll use that word again, onlyness, because I was the only. And I, I was also navigating some things that were different from everything else I had experienced to this point in my leadership. And so what I realized is not only do we need to have kind of personal tribes to do life with, the data would support that when we have these relationships, we live longer and we're happier. But when it comes to leadership, especially if you find yourself in a situation where you are the only, having that support network, having that strong support network can be the difference between kind of low confidence and strong confidence, knowing that I, I don't have to confuse my value with my growth, that confidence doesn't mean knowing everything. Confidence is really just belief and faith that I can figure it out and between my hard work and my tribe, I'll find the answer. And so that's kind of the journey that I learned through my own personal experience. And I think that is the message that I want to share with women. Yes, sometimes relationships are hard. Yes, they're complicated. But I, I, I consider myself to be a, hopefully a really good example of how building those relationships and investing can help to shift and change the trajectory of your life. You wow. very rarely do we do anything alone. Wow. I love, I love it. I love it. This is amazing. As I'm listening to you, and I hope you guys are, are feeling this way too, or kind of thinking back, I'm thinking back through my career and thinking about my onlyness. I am so taking that from you, Leah. I will give you credit all day long. <laughs> I will give you cred every time I say it, but I am taking that phrase. I love it. Have you thought about starting a podcast, but the only thing that's holding you back is finding that perfect co-host to launch that podcast with? We understand that challenge here at findacohost.com. And that's exactly why we launched our white glove service 
to help you find your perfect match at findacohost.com. Right now, we are in our beta mode and we're helping podcasters or future podcasters just like you find your perfect match. Visit us at findacohost.com and use our complimentary code VIP100 to test out our service right now and find your perfect match and start podcasting today. The only or the onlyness, I mean, that is so powerful to understand the difference because it's true. You know, I mean, we're going to feel lonely as humans that happens, right? But to have the onlyness, and I love how you explained going from, you know, your, your friend, your tribe, but then you went into, you identified when you went into this executive position and there was like, oh, I'm in my onlyness because I don't have my tribe with this. and. I'm sitting here reflecting back during my own process in that. And again, I hope my listeners are as well. And hopefully if you know you haven't been through this, you're learning from Leah and I, you don't go through this. So you build that. But it was fascinating because when I went to corporate America, I was 22, I was super young. And I'm sure I know Leah, you've listened to the podcast. We love you for that. And, you know, I felt I didn't feel that onlyness right away because I had an incredible mentor that promoted me. She, you know, I felt like I was a part of something, my tribe. I didn't realize that's what it was at the time, but my tribe, but she moved on rather quickly. She did not stay with the company. And I didn't realize what I was experiencing was onlyness. And from that period on, I was an onlyness until I went to my next company. I never felt like I really had someone else in my situation or like even could relate to me being 22, 23, 24, you know, that young running these multiple branches. And I mean, I was alone, but it was onlyness. And I I didn't have that tribe. I had amazing friends though, to your point, like they would come help me be there for me, pick me up from the airport, do whatever. They were so raw, raw proud of me, but you need people that can connect in these areas of your life, that's really powerful. And we need to understand that as leaders, that we need that support. The one thing that I like to say, a couple thoughts that sparked while you were sharing, we need to remember that we need multiple tribes to complete our sense of wholeness. And depending on where you are in your life or your leadership, sometimes it's not, I need to remove a tribe, it's I need to add. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we think, oh, those, those people that I grew up with, they no longer have a place in my life. What if instead of saying we need to move on, we just said, you know what, they have a place, but I need to add because of where I am. That's, I think, a much healthier place or way to navigate relationships. And then the other thing that's been really interesting as I've been working with, with women since the book was released, sometimes we actually have more tribe than we realize. And one of the quotes that I I penned, it says, the mind is a complicated place. It can hide our belonging, even though it's plainly in view, right? Sometimes we have these relationships, but we were not open enough to see that there's more possibility. So back to that story that I was telling you about where I'm navigating my onlyness, there just so happened to be two women, both of whom were executive coaches, and they were kind of in and out of my sphere. And at different times, they had reached out to me to say, hey, you know, we know what it's like to be the chief HR officer and to do that journey alone, because 
there is often quite a bit of confidence that you have to maintain in that seat. And so it's extra lonely for that reason. And so they would say, listen, if you, you ever need help or support, and one of them actually went on to become my coach. And so I really believe in coaching. And she was literally sitting there the whole time. But because I had my other tribe or I thought that I could do it on my own, I wasn't really open to allowing her to come in. And you mentioned mentors, right? So we sometimes have people who are willing to support us, but maybe we're not really thinking about them in that way or we don't want to bother them. And I've often found that people who are great leaders are usually more than willing to share some time. And guess what? If they're not, that just means they're not part of your tribe. And thank goodness you can move on to the next person. I think that is very well said. And I, and I agree too. And I think personally, <laughs> in my opinion, I've overextended myself sometimes because I love mentoring so much. And you may have run into this as well yourself, Leah. I mean, coming from HR, I'm sure you definitely run into this. You want to help, I'm sure, lots of people. But I do think as a leader, you genuinely want to mentor and you genuinely want to help. And that's a good leader. But to think back on this, you know, I think you said something so powerful that we think we need to fit into this perfect tribe. And there, let's think differently. We need to think, okay, you know, this is my tribe for this. This is my tribe for that. You know, this is my personal tribe. These are my friends. This is from my past. Just because you've had friends, like for instance, I don't have children. I'm 35 years old, right? And I have several girlfriends, a majority of my girlfriends that have been friends for 10, 15, 20, longer than that, (laughs) which is fine, that have kids, right? They have a totally different lifestyle than me. Does that mean that they're not my tribe anymore? Absolutely not. We're still a tribe. But do we share the commonality of being mothers? No, but they're still my tribe because those are my people for so long. We've been through so many other things together. Like, some, you know, I've been through loss with some of them. I've been through high school or college or different things or, you know, many things. So there's still a tribe for me, you know? And then I have some of my friends that are so new and like we're building businesses together. And then I have my podcast friends. And so I see this as all different tribes, right? And then I have, I have my friends that are not kid friends, right? So like, that's a new tribe too. And I love the concept of, of you saying it's okay, because I think you're right. I think often we think we have to fit into this one tribe. And if we don't fit into the definition of, okay, you're married, you have kids, this is your tribe. You're single, you're running a business, this is you. You're married, you do this or what, you know, that's not how life works. We have, we're dynamic people. And I, I, I'm just going to piggyback because I actually write about it in the book. I won't give it all away, but don't give I it all away. We want about, to buy the book. Don't give it all away. <laughs> I actually talk about different kinds of, of group tribes. I, there's different levels of tribes, which I break down, but there's organic, right? My best friend and I are organic. We can't even remember how it happened. Sure. There's life stage, which is, as you said, kind of the mothers or your college friends. And then there's also, which I love that you mentioned, I call it a resistant tribe. It's a tribe that comes together from a place of pain. You know, maybe you lost a loved one or you're, you're navigating having a sick child, whatever it is, but sometimes there's pain that brings us together. 
And so we do need different types of relationships. I think the, the biggest message of the book is you don't necessarily always have to drop one to add another. You just have to manage your, what I call T, time, effort, and emotion, right? When you're adding, sometimes you just have to have more conversations to help people understand where they're fitting in your life at any given time. And I have to get this in there because it's so huge to my, um, my message and even the work that I do in my leadership program. I think there's a very simple formula for how we build our tribes. It is believe plus belong equals be different. So, and the reason why I wrote the formula that way is it is impossible to have healthy relationships if we don't first believe that we have intrinsic value and that we matter. And from a leadership perspective, it is very difficult to show up with confidence to be the leaders that we want to be if we're constantly navigating this negative narrative that either we're telling ourselves or that others are telling us. So there has to be a certain amount of belief that I belong in here, that I belong at this table and that I should never confuse my value with my growth. So there's, that's where we start. And then once we've done the self-work, we have to find places to belong and experience belonging. And I, I separate the two because you can belong somewhere but not feel belonging. You can be part of an organization, but not feel connected. You can have a tribe and still feel like a stranger. And so sometimes we have to put in the work to find the places. But then once we've put in the work, a lot of times we stay there. We're like, I've got my tribe. I have my tribe. I don't need anyone else. When actually, if we could think of this as an opportunity, like the safety that we find in our tribe, not as an opportunity to entrench, but almost like a springboard to be open to new relationships. Like I can be open to anyone because if you reject me, it's fine. I'll just go hang out with my tribe that I've been spent, that I've known for 20 years. But what about the possibility if we do make a connection? And that. so that's what I'm asking people to do. Put in the work. Find these relationships and places that keep you healthy, but then use it as a springboard to experiment, to be open, because you never really know what will happen and who you'll meet and what opportunities that you'll find in your life when you're really just a little bit more open to, to building your tribe. And I call them tribe moments, right? We often think that tribe is, I've known this person for 20 years. Sometimes tribe could be from a values perspective, like we're aligned. And so, hey, you're part of my tribe. I'll touch you today. I may never see you again, but that's okay. We had a good moment. I think that's really poignant that you said that because it's interesting hosting a podcast. I've met some of the most amazing people and they're strangers, like, you know, people that just come on my podcast and we have these incredible moments. Like we're having right now, you and I, Leah, right? Like <laughs> you are so my tribe. Like I am like, Picking up what you're putting down. I love this. I so understand everything that you're saying and it makes so much sense to me. But I also think this is interesting too, because it speaks a lot to, I think, you know, extrovert, introvert, you know, I think they have different ways about going different things, you know, and I, this could be a whole podcast episode. I think tribe, extrovert, introvert. But I was thinking as you were talking about this, I'm like, it's a wonderful way for the introvert to kind of think too, right? Because I think the introvert likes to stay in their certain tribe. Like 
I don't fear rejection. So I'll like, I'm an extrovert. So I'll just go out there and like, I'll try the different tribes. I don't care. (laughs) But my challenge is a little bit different as an extrovert. And I will sometimes think I, I, maybe I fit in one. I'm like, uh, maybe this isn't like, it, it might be time for me to go. And like, you know, spend time with the quality tribes versus too many. So I spread myself too thin. What I find fascinating is I'm applying this to like what I'm thinking is with the introvert and giving them that kind of springboard to say, look, I've got my tribe. Let's, let's build another tribe. Let's go out there. Who cares? Who you know, Don't fear rejection, fear building, fear new, exper- don't fear new experiences. Like this is exciting. So I think this is a wonderful way to look at that as well. And I, I also think we're much more complicated than just introvert, extrovert. We have our moments with different things, but that kind of came to mind as well when you were talking about that, you know, because I don't want to say safety net, but like you have a foundation when you have your foundational kind of tribe. And I love that you in the book kind of go through the different types of tribes and, and you define different things and you've shared that, but we don't want to give too much away because we want everyone to read this and learn more about this and apply this to their life. But I found that like, that's a takeaway for me. I, I think, you know, yeah, have, have your foundation, but, and also, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't have these deep relationships. You know, some people, some of my closest friends I've met, I'm 35. I've met them in my thirties. Like, There are people that I just, I'm like, this is my tribe, man. Like this, oh girl, like we will sit there and have drinks till two in the morning, or we will talk like at the cafe for hours and hours. And I'm like going to work on a business with this person. Like it's, you know, it's so cool how that can happen, but it doesn't mean that the person I've known for 20 something years is still not my tribe. So being open to that, like I feel very very lucky, but I never knew how to define that, but it's my different tribes. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I agree with you. Fear is very real. And it's actually something that I talk about in the book. I I actually interviewed a psychologist to really understand the psychology of fear and how it impacts our relationships. I'm also a big proponent of of strengths and strength-based leadership. And so if you know anything about strengths, you'll know that when it comes to relationship strengths, there are different ways, there are different ways that we approach. So for example, there's the, the woo type person who just everyone's their friend. My dad's a woo, like he loves everybody. So I think that's where it came from. Whereas with me, I would actually, my, my orientation was actually to just find my group and stay there. And so this book and, and the work that I do has actually been a journey for me for having a more introverted preference to moving to a space where I'm actually wide open, understanding that I still have that, that close group and, I, and I've done the work to make sure that that's healthy. So I, I completely agree with you. It is complicated depending on both our personalities and our strength, but I do think that it is something that we can all challenge ourselves around because the reality is we need multiple tribes and we also need tribes to live our healthiest, happiest lives. Like there's it's not an option. Like I do a whole chapter on the benefits of tribe, which really gets into the health, the science and the research on why these relationships just shouldn't be optional. I feel like that was a mic drop moment, Leah. Like we need multiple tribes, mic drop. No, I mean, I get it. I get everything that you're saying. I think it's interesting, but I love how we're different and that I'm coming from the extrovert 
perspective. And you actually built this and wrote the book from an introvert perspective. And I never would have guessed that talking to you and getting to know you, this is really, really, really cool. So a couple of things I want to talk about too, before we kind of wind down. So assemble the tribe. Are there anything, any things that I missed about the book that we want to point out before we kind of close out about assemble the tribe? No, I mean, there's so much more that we could talk about, but we hit the highlights. We hit that there are different tribes. We hit there's a simple formula. But then the book really starts to go into more detail about, okay, if I believe that, if I'm willing to shift my mindset and think about tribes differently, then how do I do the work? Because remember, we said that there's a creation in the work. So the book really breaks um, down how to do that work. What are some of the things that will help us be successful? And it also explores some of the darker sides of tribe, right? Because listen, we're having a conversation about relationships, but people are complicated, which means they're hard, right? And there are reasons why groups fall apart. There are challenges that we often face sometimes that are unique to women. And so I think all of that's worth exploring as part of our journey to, to really redefining how we build our tribes. So I'd encourage your, your, your listeners to, to have a read. Oh, absolutely. We're going to include it in the show notes and everything. I'm so excited for this. I agree with you. I think there are things that are just, they're, they're different when you're dealing with an all female dynamic and the way that we deal with relationships. So yeah, but I love that you address that in the book and assembling your tribe. I'll just throw this out there because I think it's really interesting. I did a, a proprietary research study with over 1,200 women. And what I found is that most women have been part of a, a group. About 63% of us have been part of a group. 71% of us have had negative experience in these groups. 50% under the age of 18, 25% under the age of 13. So think about that. When we're most vulnerable, Usually those are the moments when we've had the most difficult moments with other women, and that shapes our relationship story for years to come. So understanding some of that rejection and pain, that's why I did all of the research around, I I get the pain, which is why you need to understand why scientifically and just from a health perspective, we have to shift our mindsets because it's going to kill us over time if we stay in that loneliness and isolation. So it's a, it's a huge thing. And I also, I have a 13 year old daughter. I also wrote one chapter in there about raising the next generation. This is something that not only we need, and even my mom's generation, like when you talk to women who have invested their whole lives in raising children, you know, the kids are off to school. Sometimes their husbands might pass away and they are alone. So we need relationships no matter where we are in life. And, um, I I hope that we'll all accept the call to action to do it differently. I love that you're calling it a call to action, by the way. I love a call to action. But those numbers, while I'm like making a shocked face over here, guys, I'm also not shocked because to share on, on my side, just real quick, I, you know how you get those little flashbacks on Facebook and like posts and stuff. When I went from working in a male dom from Joseph Bank, male dominant environment to David's bridal. Some of my first completely like female dominant and it was wonderful and, you know, great experience. But some of my comments that I was writing in the beginning, because I was so like male driven and like, it was so interesting. I was like, you know, some things I can't handle our cattiness and this and that. And like, I really hadn't gotten like, 
you know, my sleeves rolled up yet or really in the muck of it, like I like to call it. But like I had so many preconceived notions about what was going to go on because I was leading teams of over 100 of women and I maybe had two or three men. And the majority of men at the corporate office, if they were, if we even had men at the corporate office, were a part, were gay, right? So it was like a totally different community. And it was interesting because I had this preconceived notion that it was going to be catty, fighting, this. And sure, I dealt with different issues than I did at, you know, a male dominant environment, but I grew so much in those four years. And I realized now listening to these staggering results that you just gave, I know that all of this came from when I was young, dealing with middle school, high school, all of the cliques and all of that. And like, you know, I wasn't uh, someone who had the worst high school experience. I was a cheerleader. I had friends. I had fun. But like, there's still so much crap that you go through and we're not brought together. So that is what goes on. And it does carry through. And it took that experience, it took that four-year, really high-level experience and me bringing together hundreds of women that I oversaw to create that kind of community. And even then, that was challenging. And so, you know, I am so just inspired that, you know, I'm able to speak with women like you, Leah, that are driving this forward and we're talking about these things because it's changed dramatically since 2010 when I was in these, you know, the beginning of these roles and had these preconceived notions. And it was because of what I went through. And I was like you, I hung with the guys and I was a tomboy. And yes, guys, believe it or not, I was a tomboy because everything's pink on all my branding. So, you know, anyway, (laughs) but, you know, and then, you know, the other side of this too, is that, you know, I just think that, I mean, I'm still trying to recover from those results, but I'm also not surprised by them. It's, it's interesting, but I think What you're doing also uh, talking about, you know, our next generation, your daughter, I always say the future is female. And sometimes when, when men hear me talk about that on Instagram live or the wisdom app or different things that I, that I speak on, they're like, wait a second, what are you talking about? I'm saying that everything that you're saying, Leah, like we are learning to come together. We are learning that we have a seat at the table with leadership. We're being given a seat at the table with leadership and we are utilizing our skills and men are starting to adapt to it. And the future is female. And so I really appreciate that you brought your daughter into the book too, because it's so important that we, we bring a different world for our children, especially, especially our young ladies. So thank you for doing that. That's awesome. You're welcome. Yeah. Really awesome. So Leah, we've covered so much. You've been incredible. Tell us a little bit about, uh, I know we talked about Assemble the Tribe a whole lot. Tell us just a little bit about what you do in addition to that, where we can find you, all that good stuff. So I am, I'm a, I'm a leadership coach. So I do provide one-on-one coaching and support. I work with some organizations in terms of HR strategy. But the thing that I think brings me the most joy is my signature leadership program, which is the tribe advantage. It is exactly for people like you who stepped into that role and there was the overwhelm and there was kind of sometimes there's those feelings of confidence and lack of confidence and not knowing what to do. It's designed to really help those women. And we follow the formula that I talked about. Where how do you, how do you believe in your value? How do you show up? How do you um, discover what your values are and what your strengths are? 
And then part two is, okay, so now that I've done the self-work, how do I assemble my tribe? What tribe do I need in terms of professional and personal support? And how do I take some of the principles that I've learned about my values to help me show up and lead my team differently? And then the last part, and you know, let's just be realistic, the be different, it's how do I then apply that to how I get results with my team? And so I believe, as I think I mentioned earlier, that leadership is not about being all-knowing. It's about being the conduit that brings people together and helps to unleash their collective genius. And so for six months, I take women on a journey to really figure out how to unlock that formula so that they can show up and lead as the leaders that they want to be. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. We'll be opening back up in June. And so applications will go out sometime in April. So I'm really excited about that and to be able to um, continue to do that work. Well, this will come out at the perfect time. I'm so excited for you. This is amazing. And I agree as well, because it's such a misconception. Uh, You know, I think we think that we need to know it all as leaders. We need to do it all as leaders. And that's not it. You got to get the right people and you got to know yourself. And it sounds like you have a wonderful formula and program to do that, Leah. God, I wish you were around um, how many years ago now? 13 years ago when I stepped (laughs) stepped into my leadership. So the last thing I want to ask you is, we always talk about this, stepping into your leadership and becoming the leader of your life. You've talked about many moments. I mean, going to Italy, writing. I mean, there were so many moments you did this. What's some advice for women who are really stepping into their leadership for their first time in their life that you would give? What's one great piece of advice you've given so much already? So I have two thoughts that come to mind. One is when it comes to leading people, there are often so many voices and so many feelings that we experience. Those feelings are normal. What I believe is that it's the decisions that we make after the feelings that matter, right? From a brain science perspective, your mind and your brain are separate. And so we have to tell our brains what to do, right? And so we will feel lots of things, but it's often the choices that we make, whether it's in our leadership or our relationships, it's the choices that that we make. And then the last piece, which I think is closely connected to that, which you know I touched on earlier, is just to never confuse your value with your growth, right? We're always growing. We're always learning more, but that doesn't mean that you're not adding value. If you're in that leadership seat, somebody thought enough to place you there. And so don't confuse your value with the growth that you will embark on. I mean, I've been doing this for years. I teach it and I'm still growing and that's okay. So when we give ourselves the grace, not only does that impact how we show up, but it also translates into how we lead. So that's my advice. Beautiful, Leah. Beautiful. I always say, that a learning leader is the best leader because if we just stay stagnant, that's, that's, you're not a leader. So, and you're saying a growing leader, we need to be growing. And I think that's, that's wonderful advice. We've never heard that here on my opinion. So hopefully that's helpful to you guys. So where can we find you, Leah? Tell us on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, where can we find you on social media? So I am everywhere, but I am most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So my handle is all the same, Leah, J as in Julie, that's my mom's name, as in M as in Michelle Dean, Leah J M Dean. I am on Instagram. I am on LinkedIn. 
And my website is also www.leahjmdean.com. And if your listeners are interested, if they go on the website, go to the book page, I actually, they can download a copy of the book or not a copy of the book, but a couple of chapters so that they can see what the book's all about. I also have a tribe quiz to kind of assess where am I on this journey of building my tribe. And then on my program page, you can also find another quiz for leaders. So lots of resources there for your listeners to the extent it's helpful. www.leahjmdean.com. That's fabulous. Okay. We're going to include all of that in the show notes, guys. So you can click right in there. Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. It has been an absolute pleasure. I had such a great conversation. Thank you for having me. Likewise. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you back here next week on My Opinion. Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.